Hey guys, this is Juan with the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, letting you know that this episode is brought to you by San Marcos Mexican Restaurants, located right here at 2301 Southwest 59th Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Give them a shout out, and don't forget, let Abel know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you for an extra 10% off your entire purchase. San Marcos Mexican Restaurant, don't forget, they also have $5 Margarita Wednesdays, Frozen or On the Rocks Wednesdays. <coughs> at select locations and let them know that uh you know we sent you and uh give them a, a big shout out san marcos mexican restaurant great food and even better customer service it's the only restaurant of the cinnamon movie podcast I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to X. Welcome to A24 Month. And welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan. And I'm joined by the cast, the crew, <coughs> the guys. Craig? What up? Edward? Hey, you guys. How are you guys doing? Episode 208. We're talking about X, uh, our final A24 movie, at least of the month, uh, as we conclude A24 month here in August. Um, Craig, we'll start with you, man. You have a good uh, good weekend? You ready for another good Monday? Uh, yeah. No, I... Um... I had a pretty good Monday. We got some college football on Saturday. Don't lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie, Craig. What are we lying about? You know what? It, it let's just say it has been a Monday. We can all we can all three oh, agree. Like I mean, but being here right now, work it's, aside, dealing with people who are incoherent and ignorant, we ain't gonna worry about it. We ain't gonna worry about it. We're not worrying about it. And yeah, I, I like the way we're we're going from zero to sixty. Uh, great weekend, tough Monday, but a better Monday night, a great Monday night. I get to sit here and talk a 24 movies with you two young, great gentlemen. Uh, but you and know then what? even better Monday, next Monday, next Monday, because it's off. We have Monday off. Well, uh, I do. Wow. Well, you know what? It's we, we never have a Monday off here on the cinema movie podcast next, next week, oh, okay. labor, okay. labor day, Monday, Craig, I'm glad you brought it up, man. I'm going to go ahead. I was going to wait, but I think I'm going to go ahead and get ready to just uh, shove it now. Um, next Monday, guys, does anybody want to take a crack at what next Monday is? September. Uh, not, not, not only is it Labor Day. It's a Monday. It's Labor Day. Monday, Football Labor season's Day. officially kicked off. Football season's officially kicked off. It's the fifth. It is the four-year anniversary episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. 
And what better way to celebrate than talk about a movie that is themed about our, our entire year. This entire year is dedicated to Mr. Denzel Washington. Next Monday, we celebrate four years of the Cinema Movie Podcast as we uh, we review uh, Philadelphia. Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. Um, and then, you know, we're going to have a retrospect, look back at all the fun episodes that we've done. Um, all of them. All of them. Hey, a retrospective. Episode 100 to episode 208. Um, We're going to talk about our top five favorite conversations that we've ever had on this episode. Not necessarily, you know, you guys are going to have to do some digging. We're all going to have to do some digging. Not not our favorite episodes. We're going to talk our top five conversations, whether it be the Lion King conversation. Uh, Last week, me and Ed talked about uh, what art is and what art isn't. The brawn panties. The brawn panties uh, from bodies. So we have a lot of great, fun conversations. I think it's going to be fun. Um, it has been uh, it's been an honor. It's going to be tough to remember. To do this for four years. You guys have to go back and re- – I'm going to be going back. I've already started going back and just listen to some fun uh, Bro. some fun conversations. Craig, we're going to – a Last Jedi conversation. 108 so, episodes, man. So 208, not 108. Well, no, no, no. You said from episode 100 to episode 208. So that's yeah. 108 episodes right there. Yeah. That's a ton of content with like an hour and a half to three hours in between all of those, dude. Yeah. That's a ton of time. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what, guys? It's definitely been worth the fun. Uh, I can't wait for next week. Um, but today we're talking about X. A24 month uh, concludes uh, the last week's bonus episode. If you guys want to listen to it, go back and check it out. Me and Zach talked first cow last Thursday. Um, what a different conversation that was, but uh, it's still out there for everybody to go out and check. Um, you know, we had a fun conversation last week too. Last Monday, we talked about men, a movie that all three of us had seen for the first time ever. Um, Craig, me and you've seen X today. Ed, this was a first time watch for you, I believe. Yep. So it'll be pretty interesting to listen to uh, that conversation. So, uh, but if you guys want to get a hold of us and you guys want to look and see what kind of giveaways we do, uh, digital copies, physical giveaways, uh, or if you just want to check us out, where where to find us on some of the links. Um, check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast. The Instagram is all one word slash the cinnamon movie podcast. The Twitter is at cinnamon four zero five. And then the email, which is the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of us is C I N E M E N nine two one at gmail.com. Uh, com. you know, <laughs> and, and don't think I didn't give, I forget about a, a girthy four year anniversary giveaway. Uh, we will have a giveaway next Monday live exclusively on this great YouTube channel, which hit over a thousand subscribers nice. over the weekend. Look at uh, that. So check us out. Uh, Imsawa Productions YouTube channel. They have everything, guys, from a fanboys podcast, Behind the Mask with Mr. Fuentes, Friday the 14th podcast, <laughs> um, Diving Deep. Uh, a look back at Stranger Things podcast. So, Wrestling Tacos podcast. Um, it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> content every single week, every day. So, uh, but yeah, you guys can also find us on the Prescribed Films Network. 
uh, www.prescribedfilms.com, hashtag the PFPN. You can find us there along with a great bunch of other podcasts. Uh, me and Edward are going to be going to Iowa, uh, OU Texas weekend, uh, October 7th and 8th. We're going to have our own little booth there, the Cinema Movie Podcast booth. Come, come hang out. Um, Ed's going to be in full makeup, full gear. He's going to look like a Pennywise the Clown. So come, come tickle Ed. And, uh, you know, there's tons of things Woo-hoo! you can... Tons of things you can walk away with for free. So uh, not check me, us though. out. You got to pay for Edward. <laughs> yes, sir. You got to be strong to pick up it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you got to be um, strong to get any of us. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You know what you guys did go and do this past weekend, uh, last Thursday, honestly, while me and Zach were talking about First Cow, um, Craig and Edward, you guys were live at Rodeo Cinema. Uh Edward, why don't you go ahead and talk to him about a good old rodeo cinema? Man, uh, rodeo cinema. I like. I've always liked the atmosphere of rodeo cinema. Wait, that's Craig. Is me? I'm rodeo. Yeah, yeah, cinema. yeah. Craig, like, Craig, oh, Craig. Let him, let him, let him know about rodeo cinema. What'd you guys get to actually go do uh, on Thursday? Yeah, so we went and uh, checked out. Um, it was a double feature, which uh, we, we didn't know was a double feature, but um, <laughs> we saw. Uh, it was um, Rex Estero, uh, yeah, presents uh, Miracle Valley and The Room, uh, the 2003 uh, movie hit. Um, yeah, but we, we went, Greg Estero was there, he had merchandise, he came out, he talked to the, the people, he had a little Q&A, um, and we watched one of his newer films, it's called Miracle Valley. Um, he said it was kind of based loosely off of real events, uh, of uh, some cult that kind of he came across. Um, and that's what the movie was about. If you want to know more about it, I would suggest going and watching it. Um, it's a, a witty, uh, funny, not to be taken too seriously kind of horror comedy. Um, and it was a good time. Uh, Ed ended up leaving and I stayed for the uh, showing of the room. Uh yep. One of the first times that I've ever been a part of a cult showing where they had, uh, you know, prop bags with spoons that were used to throw at the screen in the movie, uh, little rubber football to throw at the screen when when Tommy Wiseau throws the football. Um, it was an experience that, you know, I was going to kind of <coughs> be there with, with uh, you know, everybody and i was just like you know if it's, if it's cool it's cool if not you know i've never seen the room which when i say i've never seen the room like i thought i had seen it with the disaster artist it's completely different it's the same but it's different um he kind of cracked a joke he was like if you make it through the first 15 minutes you're good and i'm sitting there i'm like the first 15 minutes can't be that bad oh. and it was like a soft core like porno on showtime and i was just like I was not expecting this, but it was it was <laughs> funny. Um, people were talking in the crowd, chattering in the crowd, like interacting with the movie, and it was it, it, honestly it was everything I could have hoped for um, when I had heard about like cult like showings for films. I, it was everything I could have hoped for. So you know, you know what, Craig, I don't want you to give a, a star rating, but would it be worth us seeing the room and eventually like talking about it one day on 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 Mike? Or, on the, or, or, I, I don't, or, or are you like, you know what? I never want to experience that again. 
No, I like I would not mind going and seeing that movie again in that environment. Okay. So I, I want to go ahead and point this out. I didn't actually get to stay and watch the room. Uh, Four thirty in the morning comes late or early. Sorry. Uh, so when he means what he means by cult viewing is there's several traditions that go along with this movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 gained a cult following where people will see this movie in the theater w- w- uh, during events time and time again because it is just that fun to them. They've yeah, grown I mean, so akin to it that it's it's second nature. You meet people and you're like, you know, I met you in Texas. We're going to this showing in Tennessee. Like it's a it's a event. It's not just a movie anymore. It's an event. Well, I mean, okay, so there was a turnout of like what 50, 60 people was, or more. A lot of people. You know, as well as like they even had a couple of people, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, you were there for that, come up and read some of the script, right? Up or down. Yeah, no, yeah. They had two people come up and read part of the movie script with Greg Sestero just right there and um, this was crowd interaction. This was not two paid actors. This was no. crowd interaction. Come yeah, on, and, Greg, and, do it. Do it. There was a guy. He was dressed <laughs> up in the in like the the black getup. He had the wig, and he was like, "Who wants to read for the part for Tommy?" And the guy's just like, <laughs> "Yeah." He just like he you know he goes off and does this whole like line that Greg doesn't or that Tommy does in the movie, and he's like, "All right, we got our Tommy. Who you know who's going on?" And it's. They had the whole little rules and traditions that people follow during the film. It's like when you see this and he kind of talked about it. He's like, you know, on set, they wanted to have pictures of other things, you know, to to fill her apartment. And Tommy was like, it's okay, Don't worry about it. Just throw up this picture. And it's it's just a generic picture of a spoon. And so people throughout the years have have gone through the tradition of throwing plastic spoons at the movie screen and just yelling spoon every time you see spoon on screen. Um, San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, he wanted to set the scene that the movie was in San Francisco and there's a lot of transition scenes of San Francisco. And so people would say like, meanwhile in San Francisco. And there was a guy there where he was like, you're going to close the door there. Cause they open the door and leave it open for like the entire scene. And it was just, it was so much fun to be there and, and see the interaction. And um, with with the event, I would highly recommend seeing the movie in an event setting. Um, personal solo viewing, you're not going to enjoy it, in my opinion. Fair enough on that. Fair enough on that. Because, I mean, you know, Miracle Valley wasn't bad at all. Um, it was, it's it's not your typical, like, hardcore a you know hollywood horror flick um no he said they filmed it in like three and a half weeks it's cheesiness it's it's definitely cheesy and all that good stuff but i mean it's definitely watchable for that matter i I think it's definitely watchable um but you gotta you gotta go in like you said earlier you've got to go in and understand this isn't taking itself too seriously And And, and not just that, it it wasn't backed by a big production company. I think it was just uh, funded by a couple of sponsors, him and his own camera out on scene with, you know, 13 to 40 people on on throughout the the viewing of the movie. And 
to be able to go out and do that, big props. You know, he kind of took what how how Tommy went and did about the room, kind of learned from that, learned from some of the other movies that they've done. You know, they they did a movie called Best Friends. Um, they've done some other ones. <clears throat> I just think he's taken what he's known over the years, you know, back to a movie that was budgeted very lightly and only by some sponsors. And I think he made a, a good product with it. Again, guys, if you want to check out any of those events like Rodeo Cinema has, they're having concerts, they're having orchestras, live movie interactions like like they just went and seen at the room, go check out Rodeo Cinema, 2221 Exchange Avenue. And, uh, you know, they have all different kinds of events. You can go check them out also at uh, www.rodeocinema.org, I believe, um, or .com. Um, but go check them out, man. It's like... You know. I'll be I'll be the first to say this. They do another showing of the room where it's interactive like that, and I'm there. I think they it, do the it room. Was that once, en- it was that I, enjoyable. I think they've done the room like at least once a year since they've been sponsoring the podcast here. So yeah, oh, okay, yeah. nice. Oh hi, um, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now, like, guys, let's get into a little bit of a uh, news. Movie news. I don't have a lot of stuff that I want to bring up, but I did just want to bring up these two uh, really just spots and see what you guys think about it. So Hocus Pocus 2 is still coming out this in just a few weeks, honestly, on Disney+. Plus. Um, I know a lot of people say it's been a long time coming, but it's like almost 30 years later. Uh, are you guys interested or is it it being on Disney+, Plus kind of taking away your your you know, your, your wants, or are you like, you know what? I'm glad it's on Disney plus. Cause I would not pay to go see this in the theater. No, I'm I mean, interested. go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say, I'm interested. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of it when I was a kid, uh, you know, different Halloween movies such as Hocus Pocus and others. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm definitely excited about it. Uh, kind of thought it was BS at first a while back. So it was kind of just like, man, I'm not wanting to, you know, kind of get myself hyped up for it. And then once I actually seen the trailer, I was like, oh, th- this is real. Well, this is actually happening. So, you know, once I seen that, I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm interested. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for it. So, yeah, it, it was, it kind of took that. But, you know, it's just because there's been drops of it for the past couple of years that I've noticed at least. So whether it was Disney Plus or even if it does hit theaters, I might actually go pay for it and, you know, watch it in the theaters just because kind of, it's just, Disney, it's just a Disney. It's just a Disney Plus exclusive. And no, no. So I'm saying either way for that matter. But yeah, that just kind of makes it even better for me because I already have it there at home. So hey, why not? Yeah. Um. I mean, I I personally wasn't a big fan of this movie. I know a lot of people are. Um. If it was in the theaters, I don't think I would want to go see it because the first one. Not not just because I'm not a fan of it, but the first one wasn't a big it wasn't a movie theater movie. Like it was seven thirty, eight thirty, you know, eight thirty, seven thirty central on Disney, you know, like it, <laughs> you had to sit there and wait for it. And, and it came out right as dinner was going on or, yep. or you were finishing up homework. And that's the nostalgia I want to feel when I watch it again. I don't want it to be some big time movie, some, something with tons of, uh, you know, CGI and, 
and next level budgeting. I want it to be that same Disney original movie that I, that I saw as a kid, seven thirty at night on a Wednesday, eating dinner with some family. I, like that's what I want. I want that nostalgia in the movie. I feel that. I feel that. Speaking of streaming, uh, I just found this out like a week ago. I didn't even think it was still happening on streaming because, guess what? Pandemic's kind of over. It's it's the end of the trilogy. It's you know, Halloween ends is not only in theaters but it's going to be a day one peacock exclusive wow yeah and i'm like what are you guys doing this movie has the the, the recipe to make so much money but now it's like oh you know what do i don't really have to go to the movies anymore i can just watch it at home and, and wow. see like that's the... uh, he's ready focus focus too Top Gun 2 is still making money in the theaters. People are over the pandemic. People people who were for the pandemic and and on the other side of the fence when it came to the whole COVID vaccine issues, even they are are coming over here and they're like, "All right, we're done." Like but, if you're getting sick, you're getting sick. But I mean, is it is Halloween Ends going to have the same power as as, you know, what 30 30 some odd years later with uh, top gun maverick for that matter you know it that's probably been, you know. It, it probably won't but people are still going to sit there and say okay it is halloween ends it's not necessarily this you know i just mean, think like it's the movie that's ending it all and you're putting possibly. it on streaming possibly ending it all because i mean don't get me wrong like when's the last time you remember a decade 5 years without a halloween you know what I mean? I mean, tell right, like, but you can't continuously. Last movie with the same original people. This is gonna, probably going to be Jamie Lee Curtis's last Halloween. I'll put yeah, it that way. More than likely on that, yeah. You the know, fact the fact is that it's ending their story. Like you know, this this started in 2018. It's ending this year. It's ending the story of Michael Myers and and Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie. So whether it's the end or not, this is the final you know final say in their story so i don't know i just feel like them announcing that it's also going to be on peacock now it just took away a little bit of nostalgia it takes it because, down a notch because now you're like oh i guess what i don't have to go see this in the movie theater i can watch it on peacock fair. so um but yeah a little bit of a letdown to me i'm still personally going to go check it out in the movie theater just because i want to see it on the big screen i want to hear that 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 you know that music one last time uh, with a with a, hopefully a crowd full of people, so and I mean don't get me wrong, there's going to be a ton of people just like you, just like me, just probably like Craig as well. Like I'm sure you want to go see it in the theater, uh, you know that will want to. But then there are going to be some of those that do want it in the comfort of their own home. And they well, it's mean. it's not just that. It's it's the fact that if I get to that day where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to go see Halloween. And then I, I just get that feeling where I'm like, you know what? I, I just don't really feel like going out. I'm just going to watch it at home. And then by that point, you get you get a million people doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Potential. Yep. But speaking of staying home and watching things, uh, Ed, you can also let them know where we uh, where do we get our girthiness of uh, physical media. <laughs> 
From CDR Electronics, the best place in the world to buy or sell your iPhone or Samsung phones, games, gaming consoles, and movies. They pay the most and are legitimately awesome. You will love their store, their prices, their selection, and their service. Come on in and say what's up to them. They're located at 1604 Western State I-240 Service Road in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And they give, you know, they give the best prices. It's simple as that. Go ahead and trade in your consoles, trade in your games. Doesn't matter. They'll take it. I mean, they are great people. That's why we partner with them. So, you know, that's they are one of the few. They are one of the few standing uh, electronic places that that really hold good inventory. You know what I mean? Like, there's some yeah. pawn shops around here that you don't know what you're going to get when you walk out of there. CDR double checks everything they get when they when they bring it in, and you're, you're guaranteed a decent product when you leave it out the door. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, now, guys, let's get ready to get into some recent watches or recommendations throughout the week. Um, <clears throat> I'll kind of start off. It's been kind of a slow week for me, but I kind of tried to pick it up at the end of the week. Uh, after last week's episode, I checked out Countdown for a recent episode of Friday the Fourteenth podcast. Uh, unfortunately some things had to happen. I watched the movie, uh, but I could not, uh, join Mr. Fuentes and the bad guy. You know what? Honestly, I thought the countdown, I thought countdown was going to be kind of a bad watch. Uh, but I actually kind of enjoyed it this time around. If I had to rate it on their system out of a one through a five, I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five. Not terrible. Okay. Yeah. I was like um, two and a half out of 10, uh, out of 10, I would probably give it a six. Still not bad, not terrible. Not bad, not bad. Um, I I watched the original Orphan for the first time. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'd give it a 7. Uh, checked out Angel Heart for the first time. Robert De Niro. Kind of a horror suspense movie. Uh, you know what? I've been listening to the soundtracks for weeks, so it made me want to watch Transformers. So I started, I started from the beginning and watched the first one with Shia LaBeouf and... Man, I just forgot how fun that first Transformers movie is. The music, the the acting, the the action. Michael Bay really gets some flag, but you know what? I I just really enjoyed watching that movie. Sometimes it's good to just sit back, not pay attention to a lot of stuff, and just enjoy the movie for what it is. That original is, yeah, it, and you know, it's, it's it, a masterpiece. It, it made me want to hurry up and watch part two. So I, I think I'm going to go through and watch the Transformer Transformer movies this week. Don't forget about Bumblebee. Yeah, which is technically a prequel. Yeah, I think right. Technically, yeah. um, and then I checked out X for the episode, and then I watched uh, the Disaster Artist last night. You know, just listening to you guys talk about the room made me want to watch the Disaster Artist. And you know what? I'm glad I did right before the uh, top five movies, a twenty four movies, because I just forgot how fun and how good Mr. James Franco is in that movie. So. Yeah. Uh, those those are my recent watches. If you guys want to follow any of the recent watches that I put up, you can follow the Instagram page, Instagram slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, there you can find all kinds of physical media posts for myself. Uh, Edward, we'll start with you. Would, would you get to check anything out this week? So not too much for that matter. Uh, basically, Miracle Valley, of course, that was one of them that I got to check out, uh, as well as X. Got to check oh, that one out. Oh, yeah. hold on. Ed, this goes into your probably's as well. I checked out episode two of She-Hulk. Yes. You know what? For some reason, I keep going back. And you know what? I was like, you know what? Craig's right. 
I'm 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 gonna enjoy probably just the first episode maybe, and then it's gonna be it's gonna be crap, dude. I enjoyed the second episode. I I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I'm just sitting there. I'm pooped because of how horrible the week has been, how long the week has been. But you know what? Episode number two, I kind of enjoyed it. Honestly, I will align with you because I went back. I watched two with you at first, and I was just like, "What's going?" You know. And then I went back and watched episode one into two to just see that and dude like even though the cgi is bad it's funny and i like how they introduce her for that matter i do like that part of it for sure her story i like her confliction for that matter if you will as well as just like she's not the one who wants to be the superhero but she's just like should I have just done that and been cool with myself? And see, no, you know, Ed, kind of thing. And maybe it's just maybe it's just me, but all these other Marvel superhero shows are making it seem like, oh, this is must see, you know, Loki, uh, Falcon I and mean, Winter Soldier. They're pushing these heroes like they're top notch Avengers, right? But the thing yeah. I like about She Hulk, it's it's not making you feel like she's important. She's just Bruce Banner's cousin who was in an accident and now she's a a funny character which the she, one thing she has kinda... she has charisma yeah and i mean don't get me wrong her and Bruce, her and uh mark ruffalo's like chemistry is very episode. good yeah it's very yeah. good uh i definitely would love to have him in there more for that matter with her um as far as like the rest of it goes the only thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit, this mug, was just kind of how she just knew what to do. You know what I mean? Like, just knew what to do. You know, that's the only thing that kind of annoyed me. But at the same time, like, but I it get explains why. that. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, different maturity levels for that matter. You know, he's been dealing with it for fifteen years, so you've got to imagine maybe he's three to five years older than she is. Different maturity levels, and I'm like, okay kind of fine with that let's go from and, there and you know in episode two you get a cameo from <laughs> thou who shall not be named not yet, Say it. Not yet. i don't care uh spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen episode two of she hulk yet take off that song for like 30 seconds you get tim roth in there from uh the first incredible hulk you know abomination is in there and yep. uh i'm just excited to see kind of where it leads and i'm, I'm glad it it's making it feel like it's not must see so therefore, I don't feel obligated to watch it. So therefore, I feel like there's no pressure, and I feel like this story is not leading into a movie. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is fun. I feel like and I don't have to see it to, in order to watch. It's not. It's not Black a, Panther it's not two. Work exactly. And I mean, on top of that, it still is intertwining itself, you know, because I mean, they're dropping names, they're dropping, you know, events that have happened. They're talking about different things, and I mean, it's likable. Like it in episode, epi- episode one, Bruce Banner is like, "Oh yeah, me and Tony Stark built this bar together." Or oh, you know, but he, but then he was like, "Oh well, Tony mostly drank, and I built the bar." So or, you know, it's funny. It was Captain America did he die a virgin? You know, and yeah. he and he's like, seriously, and she's like, "Well, he was busy. He did this, this, that, this, that, this, that." And she's was like, "Well, so." So Ed, I'm sorry, I kind of just no, bumped no, right no. into your uh, your uh, recent watches. But other than She-Hulk, what else did you check out? 
not too much. Uh, I didn't get to go and watch the rest of Miss Marvel because that popped in when you were watching some of Miss Marvel, either episode five or episode six, one of the two. That was good too. But you know that one. You know, I don't know much about Pakistani culture. I don't know much about Miss Marvel uh, comics for that matter either. I don't think but, you don't need to. Well, no, I was about to say, but that made me interested you know, to try it at least and see kind of where I want to go with it at least, if I want to watch it, if I don't, if I kind of want to dabble here and there. But, like, they did, okay, with, like, She-Hulk, I think they did that character very well, and I'm kind of ready to see where she goes. With Miss Marvel, I want to go back to the first episode and kind of get where they're going with her at first, because I know where, like I said, that fifth or sixth, one of those two episodes is, and I mean, it was good, but I just want to see where it gone and where it is at. You know what I mean? And kind of get my thoughts for that. Where it is, though, is at, is at. Um, <laughs> what about, would you Would you recommend anything to any of the listeners? Honestly, give She-Hulk a, 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 a try. Give it a try. At Johnny! Least. <laughs> and then uh, Miracle Valley definitely is not a bad one. Give it a try. It's not going to be the best, like, you know, bang for your buck movie out there but at the same time it kind of gives me those campy vibes in a ways i also uh, checked out uh the black phone which the black phone oh, yeah. uh is going to be an episode in two weeks so uh you know if you haven't seen the black phone i would recommend that it's on it's on the peacock so hey peacock's always a great one just yeah to, yeah. yeah hello have you seen have you seen, have you seen the black phone adley uh, yes. <laughs> you have. <laughs> tell them. Tell them what your recent watches are. What have you recently watched? What have you recently watched? I watched. I watched the the last new zombie movie, and it had aliens inside. What? A zombie movie. And what? What game? What video games have you played? Sonic and the Fox and the SpongeBob. Sonic and the Fox. Okay. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah, she checked out uh, Zombies 1, 2, and 3 on Disney+. Plus, um, and she's been playing Spongebob, Crash Bandicoot, and <laughs> Sonic. Nice. So, um, yeah, Chris recent watches for me. Edward doesn't play Sonic. He eats Sonic. <laughs> Shameless plug. Man, look, it's been a long time since the Sega days when I played Sonic, man. <laughs> Seriously. What about you, Craig? You check anything out? Uh, yeah, so I checked out Miracle Valley with Ed. Um, stayed for the room, like I said. Um, I watched um, The Disaster Artist, same as, you know, I think maybe you watched it because of I posted it. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it's funny to see kind of the backstory, but it's also like just that funny Seth Rogen, James Franco twist with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and Dave Franco playing Greg after seeing the movie was just it was hysterical to me because like he kind of has the fake beard looking like Greg in the movie and Mark. Um it's funny. And then um you know you recommended it. So what did oh, you before you before you bring that up, what did you think about seeing Greg in person? Do you think Dave Franco did a pretty good job? Um <laughs> I think it was meant to be funny. Meant to be. Funny. I think. I think Dave was just there because it was James' brother, and then the beard and everything. I, it, he wasn't like 
to a T, Dave or, or or Greg Sestero, but it was it was funny because it was the chemistry was there between him and James. Um, and then I checked out. Uh, you know, you recommended it. I checked out Good Times. Let me hear it. Good time. Um, you want your ass kicked an hour later? Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, Robert Pattinson was good, but when you break it all down, it's like he's he, trying to earn an insane amount of money. He he robs the bank. His brother gets caught. And then the rest of the movie, he's trying to get his brother out of jail. And it's just like, he, he starts here, he goes through this giant circle, and he ends up here, just going to jail. And I was like, damn, it kind of seems like a, it was a fun movie, but it just kind of seemed like a waste. Um, and then I, yeah. I, was, I was watching something else that was A24 related, and uh, the guy that played his brother was in that movie. Oh. Uh, he was in The Disaster Artist. Yeah. 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 So I was like, uh, I, that's one thing I love. A24 has its actors, and it, it knows who it wants. And they, they repeatedly use these actors, and whether it's their the budget for them is attainable for these movies or they like the way they act, they're getting the people that they know fits their genre and fits the, the movie style that they're going for, and they go with it. And, and I think it's it, it really works out for them. Yeah. So, um, but but that's my list, and then obviously, as much football as I could consume over the weekend. Oof! This weekend, you know, it all starts. What college football kicks off Thursday, right? Thursday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday, and then you got the NFL next Thursday. Next Thursday, then it, then the ball starts rolling. Oh uh, speaking of balls, uh, this episode is also brought to you by OKC Soda Company. The Craft Soda Company of Oklahoma with super unique flavors like strawberry shortcake, blueberry acai. Uh, also check out the new watermelon and the new lemonade. Pure cane sugar with all natural flavors. Visit them at OKCSodaCompany.com. Or you can also pick up a six-pack in your local Crest stores, Pruitt Foods. Um, so, yeah, check them out. OKC uh, Soda Company. One last thing. Uh, I checked out episode two of uh, House of Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody in my family said it's you know it's kind of slow. The actors aren't what they were with Game of Thrones. I think it's just taking time. You know, you got to get acclimated to these new people in these roles. There's nobody from Game of Thrones in there that you know, just names, like I said last week. I think it's building towards something that's going to be freaking awesome. You know, I, I wasn't a huge Game of Thrones guy. I, I did watch it. I binged a lot of it um, years after it had initially started. I kind of binged it before season eight, but I think it's building towards something that's going to be truly must-see TV. So nice. I, I would I would get caught up on that if you haven't checked it out. House of Dragons is on HBO Max, right? Correct. Go HBO Max it up. But now, Edward has some uh, interesting truth facts about X. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Ed, let us know four interesting facts about X. So, uh, 
One thing you might not know about one of the actresses, for that matter, uh, Mia Goth, she's pulling double duty here. Uh, if you don't know, she plays Magazine and Pearl. Uh, who's Magazine? Magazine is kind of the uh, main girl or the, 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 the poster. No, no, no. Right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll get into who they are later. You're just letting you us know. know some facts about the movie. Uh, second... They're actually releasing another movie about Pearl uh, that that was filmed back to back for that matter. So later on, uh, says this year, we'll comes get out September sixteenth. We are going to talk about it next month, September nineteenth. So there is that. So it'll be soon. Uh, so a lot of the deaths are foreshadowed in ways, um, just kind of leading on to how they will happen. Not. All of them, just about, if I'm not mistaken, three. Three are all I found that were foreshadowed. And then, basically, the last one, uh, the <laughs> there is a character that is kind of an unknown character that is on the uh, side of a milk carton that one of the characters takes a drink out of. Uh, the thing is, is... Uh, Milk cartons weren't used for that until 1984. This is set in 1979. So, you know, kind of a funny little th fact there, but yeah. That's a good one, Ed. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, guys, this episode and the top five, which we're getting ready to get into, is brought to you by Red and Blue's Pizza. Order now at 405-602-2838, or you can visit them in-store at 14 at 4500 South May Avenue, right here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's 4500 South May Avenue. They're open Sunday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., uh, Sunday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, but check them out. They have uh, all kinds of pizzas. They have combo deals. If you're not a pizza fan, they do have gyro sandwiches, cheeseburgers now, burgers, um, wings, and cinnamon sticks. So don't forget, also let them know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you and get a get a little uh, coupon there for your buck. So uh, Red and Blue's Pizza, it's the only pizza pie of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. And don't forget to let Myra know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. Um, it is the best sponsor for our top five. And speaking of top five, that's what we're getting ready to get into right now. Alright guys, all of our top fives this month have been A24 themed, so why not uh, end the month with our top five favorite A24 movies? Uh, we've been getting a lot of emails and comments and Instagram stories about, hey, when are you going to rank your top five A24 movies? So that's what we are doing here today. Um, anybody have any honorable mentions they want to run through? Just one. Ed, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list eighth grade here. I okay. uh, thought it was a beautiful film. Uh, it is honestly a great uh, story 
and I didn't really expect it from Bo Burnham like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for whatever he chooses to do, ne- to do next. Craig? Yeah, I got uh, three. Um, good times, everything, everywhere, all at once. I settled down off my kind of hate for that movie since I haven't watched it in a while. Um, and then I know it's not a movie, um, but it is a TV series, uh, Euphoria. I think it perfectly hits um, some of the struggles that teenagers go through. I think some of it might be a little over the top, um, but um, Zendaya knocks it out of the park in that. I like that. Um, I'm going to rapid fire through mine. Ghost Story, Good Time, Waves, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, Marcel the Shell and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in there as honorable mention. So. I'm in the house board. <laughs> Number five. Uh, number five for me, I'll go ahead and kick us off. And, uh, you know, it's a movie that I've talked about on not only this podcast, but I've also talked about it, uh, on, uh, Friday, the 14th. Um, I'm going to call upon the witch, uh, from 2015. Uh, this movie is just so much fun. Uh, you know, whether it comes from the costumes or the dialogue, them talking like they're actually in the, 1630s new england folktale language um but it's just creepy it's eerie something about children getting hurt stolen or killed just always puts a little uh unsettling feeling in your stomach and that's what the witch does um and you know what the witch is actually one of the first three movies that introduced me to a24 you know i think it was a uh, spectacular now uh spring breakers and the witch so uh, you know, it, it hits it hits a special place for me, but that's my number five all-time favorite A24 movie is The Witch. Craig, we'll start with you, or we'll, uh, we'll go with you. What's number five for you? <laughs> number five for me is going to be Son of a Gun. Um, I talked about it last week or a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor, um, Brendan, Britton Whitey's, Alicia Vikander, Jason Komen, um, and then just kind of goes on from there. Uh, you know, it's not a role that I, I normally know Ewan McGregor for, um, but man, does he deliver? He, he's just this rough, scruffy guy that's been in prison and he, he, he takes his son who, you know, he's kind of following the same path and he really just uses his son's want, his son wanting to be with him against him. And, uh, it's it's a it's a good story and I would highly recommend it. Nice. Number five for you, Ed. Number five for me, I'm gonna go ahead and put the killing of a sacred deer here. Uh, <laughs> definitely liked it. Uh the story was decent. Um it's kind of uh, cool just to see how it unravels for that matter. Uh that's definitely one of the bigger things with uh A24's usual going the the story is always spot on very good uh may not be what you like but it's always pretty good so yeah number four four uh number four for me is gonna be from 2019 the farewell starring uh aquafina directed by lulu wang uh, you know what? It's just a, uh, it's just a really family home-driven movie about their grandma who is slowly passing away, but I guess because of the culture, uh, 
you know, they choose not to tell her. They cr they create some family gathering to gather around the grandma one last time, and they just don't have the heart to tell her. But Aquafina's character, Billy, feels otherwise, you know, and it turns into a family drama. It's funny. It's sad at times. Highly recommend it. All these movies that I'm naming off to me are tens. So that's how I rate. That's how I based all my favorite A twenty four movies on. So, uh, number four for me is going to be The Farewell from two thousand nineteen. Craig, what about you? Uh, number four for me is going to be um, a movie we did uh, probably last year. Um, it comes at night um, with uh, I think is Joel Edgerton, uh, Christopher Abbott, Riley Coe, Kelvin Harrison. Um, it's just a, a spooky, eerie movie that is set um, where you know th they don't have electricity in the house. The the it's just you know I, I don't remember everything about it, but I just remember like watching it. I was like I was glued to the TV. It was you know it, it was it was haunting almost. And then oh, yeah. the the premise of the movie. Um, was really good. You know, they invite a family into their house and that family ends up bringing an infection into their house. And, and, you know, they, they just have to pretty much fight to survive at that point. Like they were doing up until then, but uh, yeah, highly recommend it. Edward number four for you. Uh, number four for me is going to be mid nineties. Uh, definitely found it to be a great little film. Uh, it's almost kind of a documentary mixed with like, a dramatic uh it's kind of a unique ish film for that matter uh because i mean it, it it documents you know skateboarding i mean honestly that's really all it documents mainly is you know that and how this young teenage kid is starting to try and deal with life uh you know it features some actual skaters nikhil smith and nolan Prinnett. uh it 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 goes for a lot of different things. Uh, Sonny Soldier is the is the star, you know, as Stevie. And I mean, like I said, it, it's kind of that got that grit at times of the '90s, you know, and all that the skate wave that kind of hit back then. But at the same time, like you know, it, it, Jonah Hill surprised me with this. Uh, yeah, I, it's kind of a little weird to see him go with a skate film you know yeah so yeah that, i thought that was awesome when i first seen it i was blown away and loved it number three three number three for me is going to be a movie that i talked about a few uh i think it was last week or a few weeks ago it ended up being number one for, on, on one of the lists but number three for me is going to be the documentary about val kilmer uh called val um hour and 49 minutes of just outstanding work from everybody at a 24 and Val Kilmer, his family, his son, everybody who had just a, uh, a touch of this documentary. Again, if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. Go check it out on Amazon prime. It is worth the entire hour and 45 minutes. You will not be disappointed. You will shed a tear. Go watch Val. That's my number three. Craig. Yeah. Number three for me. Um, you know, usually we, we say, hey, I want to split them at one for 1A, 1B. Uh, but they, they kind of fall on the list right here. Um, number three for me is going to be a tie between Midsummer and The Disaster Artist. Um, 
They both have their own flair. Obviously, they're very different, um, but they very much fit A24, and they are very much good movies um, for their own reasons. Um, you know, uh, Florence Pugh coming out in, in Midsummer and, and doing what she did and just, you know, catapulting her career. Um, it's a movie that I'll never forget, <laughs> sadly. Um, but it is it is up there. It's it's very good. It's it's well written. The the music, the scores, the dialogue, the acting, it's all there. Um, and then the disaster artist we kind of talked about it just a little while ago. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else that could have pulled that off um, other than James Franco and that crew. So um, big props to them. And it's a movie that I think does the room justice. So, so my, those are my three. Add number three for you. Number three for me is The Lighthouse, man. Um, it, very weird at times, very strange, you know, but overall, you got to like the dialogue. I loved how they did, did it in black and white. Uh, you know, this is kind of one that opened my eyes with Robert Pattinson, for that matter. Uh, Willem Dafoe is an awesome, awesome, uh, you know, equal partner for that matter in this movie. Uh, I don't think... I don't think you could have brought that out with anyone different for that matter. Willem Dafoe's kind of got that strange behavior kind of deal with himself. So, I mean, yeah, this whole movie, you know, weird as it may be, it goes all, all, all tens for me. Oh, number two, two, uh, number two, this is where I win. Number two for me is going to be Uncut Gems. Adam Sandler, uh, you can go check it out, stream it on the Peacock, um, directed by the Safety Brothers, same guys who did uh, Good Time. Um, you know what, taking Adam Sandler out of the joint, I think I really do enjoy this movie because of the score, the way it was shot, and just how I don't. the entire movie just makes me feel like I have anxiety because of the score. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it would necessarily work if you put somebody else in there, Maybe I don't know. I mean, take Adam Sandler out, put somebody else in there. Does it still work? I don't know. Um, but I still like the way it made me feel. You know, what is this guy going to get? What's coming to him, or is he going to finally escape these sharks? Um, he's pawning everything he can get his hands on, even Kevin Garnett's NBA ring. Um, I just like the way it makes you feel. And then the edge of your seat in that playoff game, boom! You know, it, it just all happens there. So number two for me is Uncut Gems from 2019. Craig, number two for you. Uh, number two for me is going to be the lighthouse. Um, <coughs> you know, you, you kind of talked about it. Ed. It's uh, it's the dialogue. It's the the black and white. The four by three. The you know the the kind of grainy texture of the film style. The audio is not you know as you would say Dolby or. You know, it's not top quality audio because it is trying to be like an older style movie. Um, so it just—I will say the lighthouse was phenomenal in the movie theater. Yeah, no, I. It was, you know, I yeah. I kind of wish I went and saw it there now. Um, but uh, you know, it was just kind of—I I think a twenty. It was the first movie, second movie. Midsummer was the first. It was the second A24 movie that made me realize, like, okay, A24 is different. Like, this is this is a different style. It's not going to be just your run-of-the-mill, 
cut it up, throw it in a movie theater, you know, kind of cookie cutter movies. These are, these are different. And um, that's what I love about it. It was, it's something that you don't see very much of nowadays with the black and white and all the stuff I've mentioned prior. And the two that are on screen demand the screen. And I think that's the best thing about it. Yeah. Nice. Edward, number two for you. Uh, number two for me is going to go ahead and be how to talk to girls at parties. Um, this probably gets swept under the rug. It probably won't be mentioned much at all other than my weird self. But, you know, I, I really actually like this one. Um, the whole story is just kind of a chaotic, strange in chaos epitome. I guess. And it's kind of a love story in a very strange way. I know I'm using strange a lot, don't get me wrong, but like those those are the ones that I guess I like the most. Uh, and yeah, the the whole movie is definitely not going to grab everybody. It's it's not. You know, I'm, I'm going to admit that and I know that first off. But what does grab you will grab, you know, different heartstrings different uh thoughts in your mental for that matter so you know i i gave it a chance and i ended up loving it so yeah i've watched it like four or five times now <laughs> number one 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 all right this is it guys your number one favorite all-time a24 movie <laughs> Uh, number one for me is gonna. Number one for me is gonna be split. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a tie. Uh, number one B is gonna be Midsummer. Number one A is gonna be Moonlight. Um, two very very different films, and just uh, you know, one is simply the horror and the perfection of a horror movie through a 24. The other one is going to be like, you know what? A 24 can tell a pretty damn good story and have some incredible acting in it as well. So two different movies, moonlight, phenomenal, 10 stars. I, I could watch it any day of the week. Great performances. <laughs> um, it's about a, a guy named little who is, you know, uh, going through no father mom's in and out of, uh, crack whorehouses probably and you follow him from age seven all the way until maybe 32 and uh it's, it's just phenomenal uh and then midsummer is midsummer highly recommend it go check it out those are my top two favorite a24 movies midsummer and moonlight craig number one uh no surprise here i talk about it every time we talk a24 that's gonna be Ex Machina, Oscar Isaac, Alicia Vikander. Um, something about that movie just hits me every time I think about it and every time I watch it. Um, it is it is truly um, – you think it's going to be just this movie that is like a, almost like a feel-good story. Guy gets a break where he's going to work for a, a, a big tech, um, and they're working together to create this, this perfect robot and – you know, the, the guy turns on the the worker and the robot turns on all of them. And it's just, man, it's, it's, it's truly like one of 
not just A24. I think it's truly one of just the most well-written movies that I can think of. Um, the the plot, the dialogue, the music, the everything. It's it's the shots in that movie are, are tremendous. Even though it's kind of shot in a house, it's the the way the cameras uh, capture what's going on. It, it's just it's perfect to me. Edward, finish us off. Your number uh, one A twenty four movie. Man, I'm I'm kind of following in your footsteps, but uh, splitting it up as well. I one B, The Witch, one A, Midsummer. Uh, man, Midsummer is like happy horror in a way. If that if that you know it it, it wants you to believe it's sunshine and daisies and all that to where the witch is dark and dreary and storms all the time and someone who just you know wants you to hush kind of thing and i mean the stories on both of them are phenomenal the acting on both of them are in my eyes top tier uh on the taylor joy florence Pugh. it's it's hard to kind of go between those two females as your favorite lead for that matter uh, both of them do extremely good jobs. Uh, their surrounding cast, I felt, did a great job. You know, kids in The Witch and then, you know, Will Poulter, uh, Midsommar, you know, I, I thought he was a standout of that whole cast as well. Jack Rayner did well. So, yeah, there, there's a ton to love. I think one of the creepiest things about Midsummer is, like, we the viewers and the outsiders – consider everything that they're doing there horror right that is their everyday lives there like that's the creepiest part about that movie i think and not only that but the friend you know the the college transfer kid brings him there and yeah it's just like yeah you'll love it you know and he doesn't warn them to not do certain stuff you know it just boom is what it is all right, guys. That, you... is the, that is not the type of cult that we're talking about with viewing the room. Like that's a completely <laughs> different type of cult following. We hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I, if you want let us know your top five A twenty four movies. Uh, some of you already have. Let us know at c i n e m e n nine two one at gmail and we'll read them over the email bag like we do at the end of every episode. Um, again, top five A twenty four movies. There is one more. A24 episode to be named uh, Wednesday. Me and the bad guy Nick are going to talk about Tusk on Friday the 14th UHD which is another A24 horror movie so don't forget to check us out this Wednesday uh, August the 31st. We talk uh, about Tusks directed by Kevin Smith. Um, But guys let's get into today's episode. Today we are talking about X. In 1979 a group of Texas young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Brittany Snow, Kid Cudi, Martin Henderson, Owen Campbell, Stephen Ur, directed and written by Ty West. IMDb currently has it at 6.6. Rotten Tomatoes is at 94%. The Meta score is 79%. And the Google users have it at 62%. Uh, 
With a budget of only a million dollars, this movie grossed about $14.5 million at the box office with a March 18th, 2022 release date. Um, you know, we'll talk about Ty West for just a little bit as we do our director, uh, our literally our director, uh, director talk, director talk. Um, Ty West really kind of got started doing a mini short film for the ABCs of death. Um, other than that, really as a, as a director, he's directed like some, some TV shows, the passage chambers, uh, you know, screen the TV series. Uh, he had the short movie on ABCs of death. He directed VHS, uh, the ink keepers cabin fever part two. Um, but really his big break is X. And now he's going to direct Pearl, uh, which comes out next month, which is the prequel to X. So, guys, let's dig into it. Uh, you know, first time versus uh, what, would it, what it was like visiting it for this podcast. Craig, we'll start with you since we're the only two that have seen it twice out of the uh, three of us. Uh, what was it like, you know, when the movie when the movie was over, and then kind of what was it like revisiting it for the episode? Uh, when the movie was over, it was just kind of like, like. Seth Wild, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, the premise of why they're there is kind of crazy from the get go. Um, but then everything that happens, you're just like, man, it goes zero to a hundred real quick in this movie. Um, so I, that's just kind of what my initial thought was at the end. Uh, but watching it again, I was just kind of like, like it's, um, I wouldn't say this will be, you know, remembered down the line, along the lines of like Friday the 13th or Halloween or anything like that, you know, where it's like a, a horror thriller kind of slasher, but it'll, I think it'll definitely hold its own. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I get to see this in the theater, um, in an empty theater. Nobody else was in the same room with me. So it was kind of creepy, but you know what? It kept me like intrigued and interested throughout the entire thing in the movie theater. Uh, it completely just went super, super quick. Um, watching it for the podcast, I appreciated a lot more things the second and third time around. It's actually the third time I've seen the movie. So, um, you know what, as it's not a 10 for me, and I know that's kind of spoiler territory, I still think it's a fun horror movie and I think it's going to be a, a, a good thing to talk about it. Um, and it's kind of just a little preview of what we have for everybody, you know, in September and October with us getting back into talking about some spooky movies. So, Ed, this was the first time view for you, so you don't get to compare and contrast, but as soon as the movie was over, uh, in a simple word or two, what were your words? Toby Hooper-esque, or Toby Hooper. It was very, like, oh, wow, why am I losing this? Oh, my God. Stanley Kubrick? No, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, you know, but no, it, it just reminded me a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just, yeah, it, it's it's a little crazy. Maybe not that far, but for certain reasons. Uh, well, let's dig into it, guys. You know, you, you get you get to meet up the, with the cast real soon. Um, spoiler heavy, so if you guys haven't seen the movie, go check it out. 
uh, we're talking about X. It sets up the murders right away. You get to meet the entire crew of the adult film uh, that they're making. You get to meet the really the uh, the director and the producer, the guy who's putting the movie together, Wayne. Uh, you get to meet the main performer, Jackson and Bobby Lynn. Um, you get to meet the sound tech or the sound. She's holding the sound microphone as Lorraine. Uh, you get to meet the technically the camera guy, the cinematographer, RJ. And then uh, Maxine is essentially the girlfriend of Wayne. She's also in the movie as well. Um, so, yeah, you it, you know what? It does have that Texas Chainsaw Massacre feeling. It also doesn't help that they're in some it's summertime in Texas and they're looking for a big, old, distinct, empty house to go and shoot their pornography film in. Um, so it sets up everything really, really quick. Um, what do you guys think about when they get to the house? You find you you meet the old guy, uh, Howard, who just looks super super grotesque he's just an old nasty looking guy and right off the bat i have to say i appreciate this movie because enter keyword the makeup all the practical effects and you see the practical effects when they're driving and they see the dead cow right there in the middle of the highway first oh yeah and you're like you're like geez what's going on here um but what do you guys think of howard meeting the old guy who takes him to the little room or the little house barn house that they're going to be using for the movie you think his makeup was too overdone do you like the way he looked like i don't know about like but he definitely did look you know pretty good um and i mean they even kind of you know who's god look how ugly this is and i mean i i think it was done just well i think it looks like terry Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> dang! Who? Uh, wow! Dang! I'm just playing. <laughs> I was just saying because he's bald and he's got the white. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the one of the big one of the big uh, X factors or wild cards that were in this movie for me, and I didn't know what to think when I saw his name on the on the marquee, was Kid Cudi. I was yeah. like, "What is Kid Cudi doing in a twenty four movie?" Um, you know, I, and I, I want to look at the cast. I want to point out the cast members. I'm very interested. Brittany Snow, you guys uh, know her really from Pitch Perfect, Hairspray, Prom Night. You know, she's really in the movies that she's in. She plays kind of a goody two shoe in a lot of the movies that she's in. So yeah. when I saw that she was in this movie, and then when I found out she's literally bearing it all in this movie. I'm like, whoa, what did she sign up to do? You know, is she desperate? And then you find out that all these people were just so ready and so hyped to work for Ty West and be in this movie. One of his questions when he was doing the casting was, why do you want to be in a movie about 70s porn? You know, and just having this being his very first big time movie and them just wanting to work for him. Dude, that says a lot about this director and what he can possibly do in the future. Um, Jenna Ortega, I'm going to bring it up a little bit later, but she's somebody who just sneaks up to you in the movie and you really don't get a good vibe of what she's there to do until li a little bit later on. 
Um, but Craig, what, what do you think about, you know, Kid Cudi, Britney Snow? You get the convenience store scene where, you know, he's filling up the, the, the van yeah. and he's like, hey, you should do this. You know, how, how do you feel about the movie being based about 70s, a 70s porn? Um, I, I mean, I think it just really sets the sets the tone. I mean, because you're, you're getting the movie itself in. 1080p 4k hd whatever but when when you kind of have the inside the lens of the camera you're really set back to the time of of that time and date um and i think it's it's almost it, it's kind of funny to see it set in that time period because if you were to do it now where you're like oh we're making content for you know the sites today right. it would be kind of like okay that's that's cheesy but i think just setting it back in this time of day where you don't have cell phones where you don't have landlines where when you go to this isolated house you are isolated i think that's really just the best thing about it is is setting the the tone for the movie yeah uh it, yeah and not only does it set the tone but it also just makes you start with that uncomfortable feeling yeah um, you know, we have to talk about it. What did you think of like, not only the first, the second, the third, do you think the sex scenes, do you think it had to show as much as it did? Or are you like, you know what? I think you could be saved without seeing a lot of the stuff. I, I think, I think it had to be seen maybe setting up once to where, you know, it, and then everything else is kind of like it starts, but then cuts to something else. I think you could have gotten away with that. Um, but because really there's only two lengthy ones and that's the first one with Brittany Snow where she turns around and wipes the stuff off her back and then the second one is the one where Mia Goff is in the barn house with Jackson so those yeah. are really the two lengthy ones uh, I, yeah I mean I guess it sets the precedence that they're all there to be a part of it Um. But again, I, I think maybe you show the first one and then you you kind of show the initial start of the second one and then you cut to something else. So um, I, I put the premise, you know, I was sitting in the in the movie theater, empty theater. So I felt a little uncomfortable, even though I was by myself. I was like, I don't think they need to be this long. Little Pee Wee you know, Herman-esque. Little Pee Wee Herman-esque. <laughs> but the second and third time, I'm like, you know what? The first one sets up. The, I like the way the first one sets up because not only do you see you know, you see Britney Snow and them working, I guess, if you will. But We'll call it that, working. Yeah, working. But the thing I noticed is I started looking at the different characters while they were having their, their working scenes. And I started looking at Jenna Ortega. And I'm like, you know what? She is looking at this for the wrong reasons. But what is her real intentions? You don't really catch that watching it the first time. But the second and third time, I'm like, okay could she potentially be somebody who might be fed up and she could go nuts? Obviously she doesn't, but yeah. watching it the second, third time around, you're like, okay, Jenna, Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine, it, it focused on, I, I, I watched her the second time around, especially whenever uh, Brittany Snow's character throws the, the working rag over towards her. almost like, Hey, you need to pick this up. I'm like, you know, thinking outside the box she's disrespecting like she her yeah. yeah she could flip you know um but then that led to maxine going out and you know 
testing the waters, literally going in the lake and kind of wasting some time. Uh, so I saw how that set up that scene with the crocodile or the alligator. I don't know, you know, yeah. I, I don't know which one. We not from down south. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then it made me think, you know, when I was first watching the movie, first time around, uh, is this a Lake Placid kind of movie? Does the alligator have a bigger part in the movie than than we might think? Is this a beast movie? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When when you first see Maxine just out there in the water. And it kind of shows the alligator's eye over off the, on the side. You're like, yeah. okay, you know that the water's dangerous. But then when she starts swimming back, and the alligator's kind of following her, and you get that aerial view, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, maybe the alligator is kind of what you know. Start it maybe you know it may not be the the whole killer, but it probably kicks things off. And I thought you know because it shows her kind of sitting there chilling, and the alligator's getting close, and yeah. you think that she's going to get it obviously she gets out quick enough but that that shot of her being chased by the alligator even though the alligator's not chasing her he's just kind of taking his time and going through it yeah i think it sets up the premise that something's going to happen with him later but man it was just kind of like the tension rose when you saw him kind of following her oh yeah and then you get the first look of pearl the older lady who's starting to stalk maxine yeah. Um, and then, you know, the second working scene uh, when Maxine is in the bar working with Jackson, you get uh, another inside look of Pearl stalking Maxine. Um, Maxine going in and having the lemonade with Pearl. What do you think of that scene where it just Pearl just kind of creeps you out right there? Well, you know, she kind of sits there and tells her, like, my husband's not going to be happy that you're in here. And like. It, it, it kind of sets the precedence that the husband's really there for everything, but really, you know, as we see in the movie, it's 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 the lady. She's kind of the one that is behind the wheel and is kind of like, yes, the 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 old man is is there, but like she takes it to another level when it gets to that point. Yeah. Um. So. You know, after you get the the Maxine and the Pearl dialogue, which I thought was was very good dialogue, you kind of get Pearl explaining why she can't or how she used to be the certain way that she was. Um, but really, you know, Craig, like we like I mentioned, you get uh, the scene of Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine. She's watching and she's looking at the working scene of Britney Snow's character, you know, Bobby and Jackson are going at it and she just sees, she just has that look about her. So, and then uh, the same thing, she has the same look in the barn. So, you know, 40 minutes in, I guess really is when things start hitting, hitting the fan as, as you know, you end up getting, uh, the, the sun goes down and, uh, you know, they're all kind of sitting around the, uh, the table Laureen pops up with the conversation about she wants to do a scene in the movie um but before that you get the getting older song being played and Jackson I believe is playing the guitar while mm. Bobby is singing the song getting older you know it, it's not a touching moment but it really does have that grace of 
you're watching the younger people in this scene and then you keep going back to the older folks of Pearl and her husband in the scene about the song getting older. So it may not hit you in the feels, but it definitely does have some good story behind it. What did you guys think of the little song and the uh, just the scenes going back and forth? Truthfully, I thought it was cool, especially with Brittany Snow singing it, as well as Kid Cudi playing the guitar, uh, you know, with his musical talent, as well as her, you know, past in some films, you know, Pitch Perfect, you know, uh, I thought that was cool. So, you know, she gets to show off her chops on singing for that matter. And, you know, he gets to show possibly that he can play guitar. So that's pretty cool. Um, and the rendition, I thought, was very nice because it wasn't a necessarily uh, traditional rendition of it, I guess. But, you know, it, it was kind of a suspenseful rendition, if, if you will, on that. And, you know, he played a lot of the major chords. So, I mean, it was more, you know, of a happy, upbeat kind of thing. But at the same time, it was eerie just because of how much suspenseful it was. So, I mean, yeah, it, it goes into a lot of good stuff music theory-wise. Storytelling-wise and looking at both of the uh, <laughs> both of the characters, Craig, what did you think of the, uh, you know, did you, did you th- did you, could you have done without the music? In the movie, or were you like, oh, no, I think it kind of hit just right? Uh, no, I, I think it, I, I think it just, it, it's, it fits. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it, it could have been done with, it can be done without, but I, I do think having it in there fits and kind of makes that scene, um, to where you're kind of just, you know, and getting the two point of views about you know the young people are there and living their life while the other two people are are in isolation in their old cabin and you know they you kind of get the the feeling that they're not on the greatest of terms as a couple um so i think it just kind of sets the precedence of like you know this is why they're in the cabin doing what they're doing because they are young and you do get old and i I don't know i think it's just kind of like along that so with this movie being 40 minutes in and you don't really get any true horror killing scenes in the movie, I think this movie does fantastic about the first 40 minutes, leaving it to the suspenseful mind about, hey, this is a horror movie, but we're just going to be eerily eerily creepy, if I can use those words, for the first 40 minutes. You're not going to see any deaths. You're just going to get the suspense of some scenes some maybe some scared jumps of Pearl just kind of hanging out in the wings. And then you really get uh, a, a classic, classic feeling score from the composer throughout the entire first 45 minutes. Um, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really start getting eerily creepy until the sun goes down and you get a, you get Lorraine saying that she wants to be a part of the movie and her, her boyfriend, I guess, you know, RJ is like he, he he's done. He's gonna quit. He doesn't want her to be any part of it. The director steps up and is like, "Hey, boy, do you want her to you know live her life through this one scene?" Executive producer, or do you want her to completely like she want her out, to despise you for and, it? Yeah, she'll despise you for it and go out and get the train in like two three years, whether you have the say so or not. So I don't know. It's, that made me a little. Like I was just like why, it's just kind of. Why, why did it make you feel that way? Because I I I'm not that kind 
to be like I was like if you're with me you're with me and so I was like when he was like oh yeah or when she was like yeah I want to be a part of this it's like I know we're in this business but I'm just a camera guy you're just a mic girl like we're here they're there and we're crew she just, we're not cast when when she decided to go that route it's kind of like damn I didn't think this is what I didn't think I would be here but but I mean being here. I don't. I'm not, not. I'm not saying I blame her, but it's almost like you bring her in the environment. It's almost right. one of those. It's almost one of those you reap what you sow kind of thing. If you didn't want her to even think about it, why bring her in the environment? Because she was crew, not cast. So. You know, I mean, that's that's a part of it. I mean, that's kind of the whole. Do you like the dinosaur? <laughs> that's kind of the whole free for all, I guess. Back in the '70s, is that you know. And again, whatever you know, yeah, it is in the seventies where everybody was free flowing, and it was just kind of at the ready. You know, nobody was really worried about any of that. Um, so uh, it is. It was a different time. So for him to kind of be like that, I can see why the producer was like, "Just chill, man." Like, and at the same time, if he was like, you know, I want to be in there, I'm sure they would have done something. But it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. For me, it was just, you know. Oh, the director? Yeah. The director guy? Yeah. Because you you fell for him at that moment, especially with the shower scene coming up next, you know, with him. I didn't feel for that guy at all. I was like, you know what? And I'm I'm kind of, I'll get into it. Like, I'm really glad. Let's get into the first death. Let's get into RJ's death. I'm really glad he got the way he got. Um, you know, he, he took the shower. He was, he was crying. He was moping. Cause let's, let's face it. Jenna Ortega, not only does she get in the movie, she gets in the movie. Okay. Let's just say it that way. She was um, put to work. She was put to work. You know, Kid <laughs> Cuddy gave her the old homework. Okay. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, you know, he, he, he has the, the moment in the shower. He's like, no, oh, I'm going to leave him here. Let's just, I'm, I'm leaving, you know? And then Pearl's like, dude, you ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? I got two minutes of playtime. <laughs> oh, and she played with him for three minutes. Yeah, like when she started like caressing him, I was like, oh, okay, like this this lady wild. But she you know she needs to be down in the cabin right now. You feel and, me? And it's and it's completely shocking because you did not know how she was gonna do it. I knew she was gonna kill him when I first seen right. this in the theater. But I didn't know how, I didn't know why, and technically you still kind of don't know why. Hopefully we'll figure out why in Pearl. It's because they don't want to believe. I think it's more the horror trope that you know. Okay, he is literally the only person that you see not doing anything uh, sexually. I mean, you can consider working. Wayne as well. They're working. They're working still sexually. They're uh, working. You know, still sexually. Uh, They're working. So, uh, so either way, you know, he's him and Wayne are the only two you see that don't actually have anything done sexually. And basically, it's kind of reversing that horror trope as in the virgin isn't the one to last. The virgin dies first kind of deal, you know, as well as the shower scene was almost, like eerily reminiscent well, of well, Psycho. Well, it doesn't you know? necessarily say he's a virgin. Well, okay, no, but, but he's but, the only one on camera not alluding to that, like trying, you know, kind of thing. 
He's the one that is strictly there for business, you know, kind of thing. He didn't come well, here. The, to the director doesn't get down. And, the director doesn't get down and dirty. Is he a virgin? I mean, that's and he's, 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 he's but he's kind of dating Maxine too, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, so he like, says he says action in the movie, so he can be director as well. But nonetheless, you know, I mean, he doesn't. Anyway, let's get, get back to the it. first death. RJ's first death. You know, Pearl straight up just chops away his throat. Well, no, she's just like insert insert here insert and then here just and twist. And then he falls down to the ground and dude, she just continues to go chop liver on dude's throat and I don't know about you guys, but even though it was all practical effects, I loved the way it looked. Um and I know, you know, horror movies, kill scenes, that's what makes a lot of these horror movies and the kill scene in this movie, uh, at least this first one, RJ's death, phenomenal kill scene. What do you guys think? You think it was too much blood? I love. No, I mean, I, like I, I love the song in the background. Um, don't fear the reaper. Yeah, I, thought, the, it was, I thought it was tremendous. The the lights on the van kind of go red, yeah, and it kind of just. And then she starts. What is she doing? Like the yoga, or she's like. I don't yeah, know. She starts, she starts she used dancing. to be a dancer, basically. So she starts doing the dance, and because she's happy, there's alluding to some like dance coven that she used to be a part of. Because she looks like a witch. I mean, she really does look just because like she's old. Well, yes, but that's kind of what I think is going to happen in Pearl. We'll see how that goes. That's Ed reading some reading some more spoilers. No. Um, so no. I'm 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 pretty interested in you know as soon as RJ's death happens, you get Wayne's death. Uh, he steps on the nail, and then Ugh. his his death is. Craig, you want to explain his death in this one? Uh, he's like looking through the little peephole, the peephole, and gets uh the old pitchfork. Gets shish kebabbed. He's one of them that gets kind of a foreshadowed death because he's like, man, this movie is going to make people's eyes pop out of their skull, you know? And yeah, she, yeah, just, yeah, that his death was when I was sitting there, I was like, Oh, cause you knew it was coming. I didn't know what the heck had happened to him. You know, like what had happened? Like I thought she had some trap set for him that once he looked, you know, but it was her with the pitchfork and dude, oof. That was a little brutal. And then Janet yeah. Ortega gets uh, gets kind of kidnapped by <laughs> the older guy, and she is in the little uh, like the little lock basement, basement. closet thing. Um, and you know what? She turns around. Uh, I think it's safe to say. Can we call Janet Ortega the new Scream Queen? In some of the horror movies that she's been in, or we can call her the Scream Princess. Like, dude. You know, Maybe Scream, Princess for now. Scream X, the Babysitters. Uh, she has Studio Six Six Six. She is slowly starting to become, you know, somebody, and she's going to be in the new Scream that comes out next year. And her scream that she lets out in the movie, wow, yeah, phenomenal. Um, I think she's going to be a very, very great person and a very great uh, actress to watch in some recent in, in some up and coming horror movies. Uh, so yeah, you know, you think Jenna or Jenna Ortega's character, Lauren, you think she might be safe, but you know, what did you guys think of when, uh, when Howard 
like she's trying to unlock the basement door and Howard just chops at her hand and it just shows her hand getting just completely mangled. That made me want to just, uh, that was, that was kind of cringy right there. Kind of reminded me of here's Johnny, you know, just a little shining thrown in there. No, when her, when her hand got mangled, I was just like, Oh shit. Like it's, it was, it was tough to watch. It, it kind of reminded me, what's the movie that I just saw where the dude's armed? Oh, like um, House of Dragons. They're kind of just like, they break oh, his yeah. arm and they cut it off. And I was just like, oh, that's tough. It's it's just hard to watch. Uh, and you know what? I don't think we've even talked about it yet, but the score to this movie, this, this just the creepiness and the eerie sounds throughout the entire movie is just really, really good. Um, what do you guys think of Pearl getting in bed with Maxine? How creepy and just just unsettling Pearl getting in the bed was like it was just like the slow lay into it. She doesn't wake her up and then she starts caressing her. And I was just like, not only that, but with blood all over and you know that from that RJ, out. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, from RJ, from Wayne, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, Jackson's yeah, that, death is next as he he gets uh he gets the old gunshot man, from uh from Howard. That but was when, he, when he opens the door and he's like <laughs> just proud of everything he's got, I was just like, if you got it, man, if you got it. <laughs> Even the old man's like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, he's serious. <laughs> but it's 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 funny that. You know, he he's like, where's everybody at? And they start looking for everybody, and he just kind of leads them on this chase, almost like he's, like, toying with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, it's like, dude, you don't know what he's done already. So it's like, you know as the viewer, but he's still kind of in the dark, like, where's everybody at? And so you're like, you know, it's that, it's that trope where you're in the theater. You're like, run, bitch, run. <laughs> he going to kill you. Yeah. Did you guys think the alligator would play more of a factor than they did? Because you know, you you see him the one time, where, the one time where Maxine is in the water. Craig, we talked about it earlier, uh, but then you see him just the second time around where Pearl throws Bobby into the uh, the the lake, and you know the alligator has their way with Bobby. So Dude. Bobby's death was pretty cool and pretty gruesome. Yeah, but are you guys kind of, eh, or did you? I enjoyed the scene I mean, with the crocodile in it. With, I mean, honestly, it was used, I think, a little underused for that matter. But for what it was used for, I thought it was really good because during the scene with Magazine, it got your, you know, your your heart pumping a little bit like, dude, right behind, right behind you, you know. Uh, and then with, you know, Bobby Jane, for that matter, that, that was, oh, that snap. You know, she's in there, calls her bitch, boom, just takes her out screaming and death roll and oh man that was it was brutal it really was uh the scene that kind of jumped out at me after bobby's death maxine finds uh finds lorraine and you know lorraine's running through the house and saying everybody's crazy and then she runs out the front door and boom she she gets it were you guys surprised that ortega died not once she was like freaking out in the house and started to run off no like right then, I knew she was gone. 
So I'm just like, if they're not waiting in front of the door, it's like next to the door or like off in the field or something where she's about to run to the house or something like that. Like it, it's between there somewhere. And we, we didn't talk about this yet, but uh, Pearl and Howard in the bedroom. Oh my God. Of course you do. Of course you do. Well, you got to bring it up for story wise because just a few minutes later, Howard has a heart attack and that's the yeah. entire, that's the entire like, Story he, plot, that's the entire plot line of the movie is his heart. He mentions his heart throughout the entire f- film. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, foreshadowing his own death for that matter. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like they're, you know, they, they talk about being young and how he fantasizes about all these girls and how he doesn't touch her anymore because she's not pretty like the others. And then, you know, he, he gets it on one last time and, that's his way out. It's just like, like you said, it's foreshadowed that he talks about it the entire time. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's kind of like, of course, that's how the old bastard's going to go out. Like, <laughs> gets a stiffy and he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So what causes him is that when he goes in, uh, two girls are standing there and, what actually happens right there? She, shit. Pearl, she... uh, Lorraine's dead because he shoots her, and then he just gets overstimulated because they're trying to move the body, and oh, that's yeah, how yeah. That, that's how he dies. You know, he's the body and yeah, he he's stressing. He sh- he shot the the shotgun, so that right there probably had some effect on him. the The actual physical contact with Pearl has some effect on him. And then well, him bending, the, and then him bending over and trying to move the body. So Howard hurts. Howard has a heart attack, croaks right then and there, and then now it's just down to Maxine and Pearl. Um, and I love the line, "Help me, he's having a heart attack," and she's like, "I don't give a shit." <laughs> so it's like I love that because it was just like you've murdered every one yeah. of my friends, you've done all this, and you expect me <clears throat> to care about you. When I've tried several times, y'all have shown how just deliberately y'all hate us. Yeah. Screw you, you know, kind of thing. It was just like, yeah, no, I don't care if he's dying right there. I don't care if you're dying. Screw it. And then, you know, the, the, you know, later on what it shows on TV and what it was saying on TV, the miracle intervention, you know, she shoots the shotgun at Maxine. Pearl shoots the shotgun at uh, Maxine one last time. And Maxine ducks, get hits a little bit by some of the shot, but it knocks Pearl back like twelve feet through the door, and it just it oh it it takes her out. It doesn't kill her, but it, it's it's it puts, going it, put, to. it puts her on her keister, and then you see uh, Maxine backs the truck up and just runs over Pearl's head. What'd you guys think oh, of that? Oh. Um, I grotesque. Yeah. Using your environment, I guess. Like, it's it's all all. I'm not going to say all good ones, but you know that's it's a typical use of the environment to always get at least one kill. You know, you have the crocodile, you use the car. Might as well, might as well use the car in the in the end. Oh yeah, old heavy old v- truck and all that just pop pop pop. Just oof. It what's was, the what's the line in the the uh, 
the nice guys. It's like you like my body, big boy. <laughs> you know, talking about the the strip, the four star at the beginning. Like it's both kind of set in the seventies, so like I, I kept thinking that in the movie. It's like, how do you like my body, big boy? <laughs> and I like that they brought up one of my old favorite movies. <laughs> They're gonna make more money than it and all that good stuff in the uh, convenience store. But you know, there were several key pieces throughout that kind of foreshadowed and that were just great. What do you guys lines. think of the ending TV with the the pre- almost like the preaching and you kind of hear the TV word on the at the beginning and you know because at the beginning of the movie you see the sheriff or the police officers going through the yeah, actual, it's, the it's the foreshadowing scene. the the ending of the movie. Right. So what do you guys think of the preaching on the TV. Do you you put any of that together? Do you think it might have anything to do with Pearl? Because it did look like it was maybe a lot. I don't know. What, I don't what do you think, think it has anything to do with Pearl. I think it just has exactly what it detailed. With it's just, just adding to the the moment. Yeah. Well, that you know that you know that even though she's in sin and all that, Magazine is still in divine intervention in some ways, you know. So, you know, he's preaching about his daughter being the sinner and cast into hell and all this other stuff, but apparently she's still in favor somehow um, because, you know, she escapes several different things in those scenes. Uh, you know, the buckshot barely gets missed, just grazed on the arm by it, you know, um, is the only one to make it out for that matter. And I mean, you know, maybe she had several different reasons for leaving that church. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, we will probably never know on that. But there's a lot of different things that I well, think. Well, there, there is a sequel you know. coming out. So Ty West has a prequel coming out next month with Pearl. And then he's going to have a direct sequel that comes out, I think, the year after that. Um, and it's going to be a sequel to X. So it's going to oh, be interesting okay. to see what, you know, he, he's putting out a trilogy, an A24 trilogy. So I think it's going to be fun to see what what Pearl does next month and then what the sequel does next year or the year after. So, so would this be the first a 24 like trilogy yeah. and prequel and trilogy? Yeah. Or would it, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking so, but Hey, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so yeah, Pearl comes out September 16th on that Friday. We're going to be talking about it that Monday, uh september 19th you guys have a favorite kill we don't get to talk about them a lot because we don't do that many horror movies but we're getting into that season you know for those of you that haven't seen uh our schedule did get released for the entire month of september um so next month september 5th is the four-year anniversary we're going to talk about philadelphia um our year topic is denzel washington so we're, we're talking about a, a denzel movie for our four-year anniversary uh and then september 12th kicks off year number five and it kicks off horror season uh september 12th we're talking the black phone um september 19th we are going to talk about pearl uh which is going to be in theaters that weekend and then september 26th which i can't believe we've never talked about it uh september 26th we're talking from dust till dawn Nice, so, man. Love um, it. I think it's going to be some fun conversations in the month of September. Uh, horror season kicks off officially in two weeks, um, which is something we haven't done, I think, in like two or three years. 
but we're getting back to it. Um, so yeah, do you guys have one favorite kill for X? Yeah, um, I'd have to say Bobby Jane's that that gator attack was oh, that was perfect, Craig. Um, yeah, uh, my one favorite. I have mine on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to say RJ's. RJ was my favorite kill. Yeah, I mean... uh, I'll say the... uh, I'll say Pearl. With the car just backing straight up. Ed, do you have a favorite scene? Favorite scene? Um... I mean, honestly, the uh, children get older scene that was that was nice. You know, a little calm down before the storm, a little calm before the storm kind of thing. The entire time that Maxine is getting stalked by Pearl, I think those are just eerie. And technically, it's like using storytelling to the finest because a you don't have any kills up to that point, and you're just using the characters, the storytelling, and the score. To create, yeah. to create your own spooky atmosphere. So uh, I would say anytime Pearl stocks Lorraine is, is a or not Lorraine, but Maxine is a is a favorite scene for me. Craig, what about you? The the working scene. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the overhead view of the the gator chasing. Uh, oh my Maxine. god! I was about to say the overhead. No. Oh my god! Nice the gator scene. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and yeah, you talk about just uh, sitting on the edge of your seat because you're like, man, is this thing going to go in full attack mode? And at the point, if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, is this a Gator movie? I know sitting there watching this in the theater, not knowing anything about it, really. I'm like, what am I getting myself into? So I like how it teases the Gator. Yeah, that's a a good scene. I just think that's I think that sets the it it starts to heighten everything because you see the old lady kind of stalking her and then you see the gator up at that point and then you see him actually starting to chase her so that's my favorite by far yeah. and some of the some of the wide shots like when they're pulling up to the the very beginning when the sheriffs are pulling up to the house the um, the way the cameras are set to what they capture i think is very good you know we talked about that with um oh uh midsummer does it very well where it's like it, it just the wide shots that they put in these films where it captures and sets the scene do a very good job of setting the scene for the films. Oh the, yeah, the cinematography in this is tremendous. Very very good. Um you know what? Star rating. Ed, let's start with you. Uh 1 out of 10 if you guys if this is the first time you're seeing or hearing us, uh we rate our movies 1 out of 10. Uh 1 being absolutely power of the dog. And ten being uh, ten being Maverick. So uh, let's go for it, Ed. Star rating X. Um, I'm gonna have to give it a five. Honestly, oh. it wasn't really my cup of tea that much. There was definitely some scenes that were cool, some scenes that could have could have lived without. Uh, yeah, that's just my take on it, man. Harsh. Ed, uh, Ed's cup of tea is cold. Craig, what it, about you? It, it is. <laughs> Sweet tea. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna give it just a little bit higher than that. Um, I think it's 
it's solid for what it is. Um, how long is this movie? Hour and forty. Uh, hour and forty minutes. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of slow up to that point, um, but once you get that first kill, man, it's a it's a bloodbath, and you know everybody goes pretty quickly. So um, I do I, I do like how it's it's a story at the beginning. It, it's you know in a lot of these horror films, it's like oh immediately you get the first kill, where this one it just kind of shows the foreshadowing of what the ending looks like when the police show up, and then it starts off kind of telling the story about these workers getting to their isolated destination to create a movie. Um, and it, it does, you know, that's, that's one thing this movie does very well is it not only does the horror aspect well, but it tells a very good, not, not a very good story, but it tells the story well. Um, so I'm going to give it a six and a half. I think it tells a brilliant story. And I think if you're a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, I think you have to be, you, you, I think you have to enjoy this. I just think the the story, uh, if you go back and look at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the 70s, that has absolutely no kind of yeah. of, of acting, and you're just completely thrown into a, a butcher of a film. Uh, this one, I think, has some good performances. Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth, you have tremendous actors in there. Um, the pacing, I think, is is, is fine. Uh, the first 40 minutes is a different kind of movie. Uh, you know, like I said, I still felt eerie and uncomfortable with Pearl stocking Maxine. And then 42 minutes to 45 minutes, you get the first kill and it just flies by from there. So, but uh, I, I, I do I, think I, the, the story sets up um, to where you care enough for the actors for their deaths, but you also care enough to want to see them die. I think that, oh, yeah. I think this movie does a very good job of, accomplishing both of those yeah it does a tremendous job and you're getting all that in just an hour and 40 minutes you're getting character development you're you're feeling about the characters but then yeah like you said at the end of the day you wouldn't mind seeing all of them die and pearl getting maybe the last laugh um and this movie goes works both ways so i'm gonna give this movie an eight um you know a24 is putting out some really good horror movies this one's not the best but it's definitely not the worst um, and I just like the, the, the throwback scenes that you get from all the seventies horror films, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's your, it's not a catch as catch cam horror film. And, uh, I believe if you're a, if you're a huge fan of the seventies horror vibes, uh, I think you'll, you'll enjoy this one. Um, so I'm going to give this movie an eight, uh, let us know what you guys think about this movie. Let us know, uh, what you, uh, would rate this movie send us uh an email or send us a facebook message instagram message or tweet us facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast instagram one word the cinnamon movie podcast the twitter is at cinnamon 405 or emails email us it's the fastest way to get to us c-i-n-e-m-e-n-921 at gmail.com and we'll read it on the segment the email bag like we're getting ready to get into today here so email us and we will read some of the mail at the end of every episode every monday uh sarah 97 says top five a24 movies number five midsummer number four the witch number three lamb number two hereditary number one ladybird 
Uh, April says, RJ's death is my favorite scene in the film. Such an old school horror vibe. Love this flick. Nine stars. Um, Henry says, my top five A24 movies. Number four, Lamb, or number five, Lamb. Number four, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number three, Waves. Number two, Uncut Gems. Number one, Hereditary. Uh, Terrence says, X was insane. First time watch. I kind of dug it. I think I like it. The kills were cool. Nine stars. Uh... Steven says, first cow was way too slow. Even though it's a good quality of a film, this movie is just so slow. Five stars. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. Five. Man. Ed, you gave you gave X a five. Did you want to gouge your eyes out? I wasn't a fan. I mean, in a couple scenes, yes. Ed wasn't a fan of the uh, wiping her back off with a towel. It made him feel too uncomfortable. Sure. So she gave this a five? Um, Stephen gave first cow a five. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think the movie was this. I don't know about a five wanting to gouge your eyes out. Like a two is wanting to gouge your eyes out because it's like, like this is unwatchable. <laughs> uh, Barry says countdown was a fun rewatch. Not as bad as I thought. I'd recommend it. A different new age kind of horror flick. Seven stars from Barry. Nice. Barry, check it out Friday the 14th. Um, here's another one. Omar says, that art question last week gave Juan a stroke. Was on The stroke comment was on point. Uh, I love hearing good questions come on, though. Big fan. Uh, been listening to the show for a while. You guys put out really good content can't wait for some anime reviews nice what? i did, I did have a the... fucking stroke last week when, <laughs> when 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 me and ed were going back and forth about edward doesn't consider men art oh. and it just <laughs> blew me away yeah. um lawrence i'm super stoked for your thoughts on from dust till dawn one of my all-time favorite movies i can't wait to hear you guys review on X. Uh, X was good, but I still felt like something was missing. Good kills, six stars. That's that's kind of how that's I fair. felt. Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. fair. Thank you. Uh, Kendall says men was good up until the birth scenes. Six stars. <laughs> so before then, eight stars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Coco Chris says four first cow. Completely sucked. What a terrible, slow-paced film. Four stars. How can Juan and Zach like that, but not like Power of the Dog? They're both terrible. Four stars. <laughs> I gave I gave First Cow a six. You know, I didn't. I, I wasn't in love with it. I, I agreed that it was like a slow-paced film. Uh, it's. It, I think it's a little bit lesser than it's fine. I gave it a six. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't in love with it. So. What does uh, Zach I give th- it? I think Zach gave it an eight or a nine. So, but yeah. <laughs> There's a reason he's not on today's episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, man. Sam G69 says, man, X was such a unique, uncomfortable watch, but the kills were so good. I don't know how to rate this movie 
other than it's what a horror movie is supposed to make me feel uncomfortable for that. I'm giving it nine stars. I can feel. Okay. I can feel that. Can you? Um, He can't. I I can't feel anything. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man, I can understand how, you know, he's explaining that it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and it's supposed, I can understand that. That's, that's, I just really agree with, uh, the one prior where he's like, you know, the kills were good, but it felt like something was missing. That's, that's where I'm at. I, I just, that one is fair too. I think it's good, but I do think that there's there was just one thing that I was missing. I can't put my finger on it either. So we're done with A24 for a few weeks, guys. Um, never. never. <laughs> you know, like you know what? It's never goodbye. It's always see you later oh with God. A24. <laughs> um, so that being said, guys, next Monday. Episode 209, it's the four-year anniversary of this podcast. Uh, you know, I, I had such a hard time thinking about what to do. Do we have to have a special episode? Do we have to have a girthy episode? And I'm like, you know what? I don't think so. Not this year. It's it's just a four-year anniversary. Oh, I think yeah. I think some things are going to be better and bigger when we talk about number five. But I do think the movie had to be a Denzel movie. Because of just this entire year being themed after the goat, after the greatest of all time, you know, I don't. We might argue tooth and nail come that Denzel episode, but you know, I think he truly is one of the greatest to ever breathe, one of the greatest to ever have maybe written a script. Um, but next next week we're talking Philadelphia from 1993, a very touchy subject matter, tremendous tremendous film. Uh, I've talked about it a few times on recent watches. Uh, Tom Hanks won best actor for this. I think Denzel was nominated for best supporting actor. Uh, so next year, next week, episode 209, four year anniversary. What are you guys most looking forward to about Philadelphia? Reviewing I don't know it anything again. about it. Reviewing it again. Cause I mean, don't wrong, Craig, this is going to be a story for that matter. It's not necessarily a bunch of action. It's not necessarily Aren't all you know. stories. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, this is <laughs> touche. <laughs> not not only the movie, you know. guys, but what are you guys looking forward to about just being on here for for year number four? You know, year number four is officially in the books, and we, you know, we go on to year number five. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like it was yesterday we did year number three. Um, it just time's flying, man. We get we get to this that. point. We're at two hundred and eight uh, episodes. Yeah, that's for sure. We, we get know. to this point in our lives, and time just kind of flies. And the next thing you know, it'll be year five, and we'll be talking about, you know, uh, Avengers coming soon after that. And like, it's just crazy how how fast time time starts to fly. Yeah, that is true. I will agree on that. Year four, man, a uh, big thing, big kind of success for this so far. Uh, that's whether we have five listeners or a million you know it it doesn't matter either way it's just been kind of a nice adventure with y'all so yeah uh it's been awesome so far so this is ed saying i'll see you on the silver screen craig we leave it already next week craig we're uh we're getting on to uh philadelphia uh do you have anything you want to add to the uh, final nail in the coffin for x or are you just looking forward to uh, philadelphia next week 
Uh, yeah, I'll kind of piggyback off what Ed said. Um, you know, we we do we talk about these movies just kind of to talk about them amongst ourselves, but um, you know, never never. At least I didn't think that we would get people that would interact to this degree and see the amount of downloads that we have. Um, it's never, I mean, we, we always kind of said like, you know, it'd be cool to be like big time. I mean, everybody kind of thinks it would be cool to be big time if you're doing anything like this, putting out content. Um, but just to see people actually listening and interacting and enjoying what we're putting out, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's, again, you never think about it whenever you start it, but you always hope for it. So, um, yeah, just continue to go and grind. Yeah. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, September the 1st, this Thursday, 7.30 p.m., join the special guest, Edward and myself, as we talk uh, anime bonus series. It's the first time ever that this podcast is talking about anime. Um, so tune in this Thursday just to hear what it's going to sound like. It's going to be an introduction. It's going to be uh, Edward talking about anime. It's going to be the new special guest and, and new eventually guest host introducing himself to you guys and talking about what his thoughts are and why he wanted to talk anime and why he thought it was a brand new and good idea for the cinema movie podcast to talk about anime. So I'm excited. I can't wait for him to introduce y'all self to him. And uh, you know what? Tokyo Revengers this Thursday, uh, September the 1st. Uh, and then next week, the cinema movie podcast year four, uh, your four-year anniversary show, Philadelphia, right here next Monday, September the 5th, Labor Day Monday on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Later.